Today I want to speak with you about the, the fear nuts of Christmas. The fear nuts of Christmas. You know, the birth of Jesus is, is about setting us free from our fears. Setting us free from our fears. Now, you say, why is it important that God will come and set us free from our fears? How many of you know that fear will cause you to, to uh, do things that will take you out of God's plan for your life? Right? And as humans, fear is prevalent with us. It starts very little as a baby. I mean, babies going into children are afraid of everything. They're afraid of the dark, right? They're afraid of monsters. They're afraid of shadows. They're afraid of spiders, right? <laughs> right. Everything is cascades. Now, but they're afraid of strange noises. They're afraid of creaks, anything that makes a little sound that it just scares kids. But, but, but you see, fears do not disappear when we grow old, right? Dr. Mark Siegel, the author of False Alarm, the truth about the epidemic of fear, said this. He says, our fears spread faster than any bacteria and ignites a sense of imminent danger that eclipses reality. If you're afraid of something, it, it's, it may not be real, but that fear will appear real to you. But when you are afraid of something, it becomes a reality that in of itself really locks you down. Dr. Dietrich Bonhoeffer once wrote, he says, have you ever seen anyone in a grip of fear? It's dreadful in a child, but even more dreadful in an adult. The staring eyes, the shriveling like an animal, the pleading attempt to defend oneself, fear takes away a person's humanity, and that's not the way God intended us to live. You can be afraid of traffic, the weather, afraid of your neighbors, afraid of your kids, your husband, afraid of your boss, afraid of your job, afraid of your own self. And God, that's not the way God intended us to live. And you see, fear is not a respect of persons. Fear doesn't, it doesn't matter whether you are rich or poor, whether you've got money or don't have money. Uh, fear strikes the weak. It hunts the powerful, the young. Fear hunts the old, the rich, and the poor. Fear is no respect of persons. And if there's anything as humans in the last year or so, we have been confronted with fear, hasn't it been? The economy hasn't been that great. We've just come out of COVID, and that's, guess what? We're here, and COVID is not over. You see conflict going on all over the world. In the Middle East, you turn on your news, thousands of people are dying in Ukraine. War is going on. The conflicts that are going on in every part of the world, the corruption that is going on in every part of the world, it, it causes one to fear, you know, what is my future going to look like? The recession that really grips nations of the world and, and 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 it's not ended we may have a little bit of break here but boy even here it's not easy and it's worse far worse in a lot of places it there's reason for people to be fearful and you add to that this christmas season the end of the year they tell us that this is the time of the year where stress it is at its peak what a strange phenomenon it is in the holiday season when people are happiest. Also, a lot of people are the most saddest, the most frustrated, the most upset, the most fearful, and the most worried. 
We learn that psychologists and psychiatrists and counselors and therapists have the most busiest schedule of the year during the holiday season. If you need to see one of these people, you have to wait a long time. Because people can't take it anymore. Financial stress, emotional stress, relational stress, spiritual stress. All kinds of stress going on. Causes fear. It's no wonder that the Bible is so full of information about fear because it is so easy. It is so easy as humans for us to fall into the grip of fear. Did you know that the word fear is one of the dominant words in the Bible? The word fear occurs 425 times in the Bible. The word afraid appears over 200 times in the Bible. The most common command in the Bible is do not fear. It appears 366 times. It is no wonder that God put it in that every day of your life, including a leap year, God says do not be afraid. Now the Bible doesn't cover up stories of people who are afraid. You remember Moses as a young man? In Egypt, he killed an Egyptian soldier, and guess what? He was afraid, so what? He ran away and hid in the desert for 30 years, vacated, uh, and was out. Uh, he, takes re he takes residence in the desert land of Midian, but God, God calls him and says, I want you to face your fear. There are people... A million plus people who are afraid, they're living in slavery, they are enslaved, they are afraid of the Egyptian masters. I want you to go, even though you are afraid, to go tell them that God wants to take them out of a place of fear into a place of freedom. The Bible talks about Paul being transported to Rome for trial and his ship was caught in a ferocious storm and all the folks on the boat were terrified and God used Paul to comfort them and ultimately the, the crew was saved from the storm. Then there is the, 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 the Philistine giant, Goliath. You remember that? He comes out every day taunting. He says, if there's any one of you who can fight me, come up. And fight me, and the, 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 the military were scared. They were hiding on the caves. David shows up and says, God's going to use me to bring this Philistine down. And he turned, he turned the fear of the Israelites into one of great triumph and celebration. The Bible also tells us that when it was time for Jesus to be arrested and killed by the officials in Jerusalem, he didn't run away, he didn't fight. He didn't hide. He says, let us go to Jerusalem where I will be beaten up. I will be scorched. I will be spat on. And then I will be killed. Look at this. Look at that portion of scripture. It's not in your handout. Right there up on the screen. Let's read that together. It says, Jesus took the 12 aside and he told them. He says, we are going up to Jerusalem. And everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He will be delivered over to the Gentiles. Hear this. They will mock him, insult him, spit on him. They will flog him and kill him. On the third day he will rise again. Now he's speaking about himself in the third person. He says, look, let's go. And where we are going, let me tell you what's going to happen. They will mock me. They will insult me. They will spit on me. They will flog me. And they will kill me. But let's still go. 
He wasn't afraid. And, and in the midst of an era, a season where there's fear all around, if you want somebody in your corner to be able to get you through your fears and out of it, here's someone you can count on. Because they said, look, they're going to kill me, but let's go. Everything that's spoken will be fulfilled. I'm not going to run. I'm not going to hide. I'm not going to fight. Let us go. Let us go to Jerusalem where I will be marked. I will be spat on. I will be insulted. I will be flogged. And I will be what? Killed. If you are afraid and you're trying to run away from your fear, you can run into the arms of Jesus who tells you that you don't have to be afraid because I am in your corner. My friend, life circumstances can cause us to be afraid, right? It could be a dreadful disease. It could be financial hardship. When you're going through financial hardship, the bills are piling up. What that cause that is reason to be afraid. It could be the threat of a family breakup. You, you're looking at your family, your children, your spouse, within your, your close-knit family, and people are just basically not getting connected. And that's enough for you to be afraid. How about a job difficulty? How about a family crisis? How about a tra national tragedy like school shootings that we've experienced in our time, natural disasters, floods, hurricanes, fire outbreak, automobile accidents, all these things. Epidemics like covid but our Lord assures us, do not fear. Say that with me. Do what? Do not fear. And every time you come here, I try to give you a PowerPoint. I try to give you a thesis, a central message that you can hang your heart on. Throughout the message, you're going to see that going through. So the, the key point of our, our discussion today is this. Is this what the PowerPoint? Read that with me. We all face fear, but it is ungodly to let fear control your life. Trusting in God, that's what diminishes fear. Let's try that one more. We all face fear, but it is ungodly to let fear control your life. Trusting in God diminishes your fear. You see, fear was present on the very first Christmas. On three separate occasions in the Christmas narrative, the words, do not be afraid, was used to calm the fright of the participants in the Christmas narrative. Let's pick it up. See, the first time we see the word do not fear, what happened? Gabriel appeared before Zacharias, and the Bible says he was troubled and afraid. Read that with me, Luke 113. He says, But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. The second time was when the angel Gabriel appeared at Mary's house, and she was troubled and terrified at the saying. And here's what the Bible puts it uh, in Luke 130. It says, Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. The third time we see the, the, the God speaking, do not fear, in the Christmas narrative uh, was when the shepherds were out at the field at night and there was this angelic shower that brightened up the skies and they were terrified. And here's the Bible says that in Luke 2, 10, it says, Then the angel said to them, the shepherds, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. But you see, Zacharias, Mary, 
and the shepherds were not left in distress were not left in their terror their fear and their uh, 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 and their dissolution the, every one of them the angel confounded their fears with the same four simple words of encouragement do not be afraid when you tell somebody close to you do not be afraid do not be afraid as you go through life for the balance of 2023 going into 2024 for the rest of your life god has sent me to let you know that do not be afraid you're going to be confronted with fearful situation but you want to tell yourself god says i should not be afraid we all face fear but it's ungodly to let fear control your life trusting in god diminishes your fear and so today what i want us to do is look at the three occurrences where god comes in and says do not fear and i'm going to give you a principle that goes with each of them to help you know what to do when you feel fear clutching on your heart and it will now the first is this we see the first pronouncement of do not be afraid in this experience of Zacharias and here is the context here is the context uh, here's a couple of facts from the Old Testament you see in the Old Testament book of Malachi to the beginning of the New Testament books of gospel there was 400 years of silence that Bible scholars call the 400 silent years repeat that to me the 400 silent years and in those four centuries in those 400 years we have no record of God speaking or an angel of God speaking or any prophet of God speaking or any preacher or representative of God communicating anything from God to anyone 400 years where the heavens were shut no word from God Total silence for four centuries. 400 silent years. And God was silent until a never to be forgotten time when a man called Zacharias was fulfilling his daily duties as a priest. He was a priest in the temple. And for as long as he can remember, Zachariah and his wife Elizabeth had prayed for a son. You know, at a time when it's childbearing time, you expect to have a child and you don't pray about it normally. And then when time is going, it's not happening. Guess what? Says, you know what? We, we got to pray. We need a spiritual intervention. We need a miracle. And they prayed and they asked God to intervene in that situation. Now, here is the importance of that. You see, in the Jewish culture, when you are childless, it was seen as a curse. A reproach from God that you had done something so terrible for God's punishment to come upon you it was a scourge and they had prayed but they didn't know that the fervent prayer was heard by God because time had passed they had grown old very old in age on the latter stage in their life and one day 15 months before Jesus was born, came to earth, the angel Gabriel left God's presence, personally appeared before Zacharias and said, Zacharias, God has heard your prayer and that your wife will have a son. Look at the, 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 um, the, 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 the dialogue 
Luke 1, verse 11 to 13, it says, Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zacharias saw him, he was what? Startled. And was what? Gripped with what? Fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zachariah. Your prayer has been heard. One more time. Your prayer has been heard. Say that with me. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. Now, John, referring to John the Baptist, was the forerunner of Jesus Christ, which one day pointed to the Savior and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, he is here, who takes away the sins of the world. We all have been waiting for this moment, but I'm going, to, I'm going to identify him. He's right here in your message, standing right here. This is the man, and he says, even his sandals, I'm not worthy to unbuckle. He says, Elizabeth, you, Elizabeth, will have a child. Your prayer has been heard. My brother, my sister, whenever you are tempted to be discouraged, whenever you are tempted to be afraid, remember God heard and answered Zachariah's prayer for as impossible as it sounds, and God still answers prayers. God still answers prayers. And so the application for, oh, this Christmas, this Christmas season, the message is this, is that God still does what? Answers prayer. One more time, God does what? Answers prayer. If you can jot that down, go, go and jot it down. God still answers prayer. The God is still answering the prayers of today. And fear comes when we don't have an answer to our problem. Fear arises when there's something going on that we can end. If you can handle a situation, you, you will not be afraid. You will be what? You will be emboldened. You will be strengthened. You, you, glory to God. But fear always happens when you are confronted with a situation that you can handle. But God saying, when you're confronted with a situation you can handle, instead of being afraid, understand that God still what? Answers prayer. And that already diminish your fear. Oh, I mean, if you, re if you receive that, say amen. That order diminish your fear. Maybe you've been praying about something, my brother, my sister. And it seems that God isn't listening. And all of us have moments like that, don't we? We have moments like that, right? You say, God, where are you? Don't you see my sickness? Don't you see my financial problems? God, don't you see the, 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 the family struggles that I'm going through? God, won't you answer me with the stuff that I'm going on in my health, on the job, in my home, in my child? Perhaps you become so discouraged that you've even quit praying. The Bible says you should not continue to trust God and pray. For God still answers prayer one more time god still answers prayer zachariah says god has heard your prayers and the answer has already happened the answer is in motion the answer has been released glory to almighty god here's what the bible says in psalm 34 verse 17 read that with me it says what the lord hears his people when they call to him for help he rescues them from all their troubles circle the word call he says when you call God's heard you there is no prayer that a child of God says that God doesn't hear glory to God your prayers are not being blocked your prayers are not being blocked as a child of God God hears every sigh he hears oh my goodness every moment
own he hears he says even with words and authors that we cannot understand the Holy Spirit takes our prayers and carries them before the throne of God glory to God and Jesus your intercessor is seated on the right hand of God and he is what praying for you he's agreeing with you he's connecting God's good purposes to your prayers and so do not be afraid God still answers prayer glory to God look at what Jesus tells us oh my Lord Matthew 21 22 says whatever things you ask in prayer believing you will receive it's a prayer answering God and so like Zachariah instead of being afraid call on God if after 400 years of silence God began to speak again in answering the prayer of a man and his wife or birth of a son you better believe that God is certainly going to answer your prayer and my prayer he still answers prayer so if you are in trouble do what pray if you are sick do what pray if you are broke do what pray if you are afraid do what pray when you are in trouble pray anyway when you are afraid pray pray when you feel like it and pray when you don't feel like it pray even when you doubt become like the man who brought his epileptic son to Jesus and says Jesus will you heal my son but also please help my unbelief help my unbelief I don't know if this will work out I don't know if I'll get out of this financial situation but please oh, help my unbelief and you do something help my unbelief and you work a miracle in my life my faith is growing weak oh, because the trouble is too big for me I don't know where to go I don't know where to go please glory to God pray when you feel like it pray when you don't feel like it pray even when you doubt glory to God because God is in the prayers and business the Christmas message is this hey God still answers prayer God still answers prayer therefore do not be afraid God has not given us the spirit of fear God delights to hear us when we pray F.B. Myers once wrote, he says, the tragedy of life is not unanswered prayer, but it is what? Unasked prayer. Prayers that we never ask. The famous refrain from what a friend in Jesus, oh, what needless pain we bear. Why? All because we do not. There you go. With needless pain. I'm worried about it. I can't sleep at night. I am so frustrated. Oh, you don't understand what I'm going through. I don't understand, but he understands. And he's always in the prayer answering business. Look at what the Bible tells on us. James 4.2 says, the Lord. Uh, oh, my Lord. The Lord is what? Oh, glory to God. Look at James 4.2 says, you don't, you don't have what you want. Because you don't have why are you worried because you haven't asked God why are you terrified because God <laughs> it's only a prayer way tell somebody your breakthrough is only a prayer way <laughs> so pray and don't be afraid oh my it's simple as a sound but so powerful isn't that simple as a sound my oh my lord 
Now, never be afraid of, of you know, you know, here, uh, I mean, many times we are, we are, we, the, 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 we, we are afraid because we look at the opposition, we look at the oppressor, we look at the problem, and we believe the problem. We put all our faith in, oh, you don't understand, Pastor Mike, you don't understand these bill collectors, you don't understand my boss, you don't understand my husband, you don't understand these people, you don't understand that man, you don't understand them. Oh, God, their, their head is dark. <laughs> somebody just somebody just interpreted that from look at what the bible says it says what the lord is what far never be afraid of any human being never be afraid from any 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 evil person because what god is far away from them but what he hears the prayers of the righteous people fear comes when we have misplaced faith you put your faith in somebody, you put your faith in, in your illness, you put your faith in the economy, you put your faith in the banker, you put your faith in somebody that this person is going to do this for you, and therefore you are afraid. God is saying, let me, let me, tell, let me let you know a little bit. The Lord is not far, the Lord is far away from the wicked. The Lord is not going to allow the wicked to reign in life. Instead, the Lord is walking opposition against them. But instead, here there's the Lord hears the prayer of the righteous. Who are the righteous? God's people. Amen. We've been made right because of the blood of Jesus. And so we have a right standing with God. And so we are righteous. Glory to God. Here's what Jesus tells you. Jesus tells you. Here's, here's, your, here's your guarantee. Here's your promise. He says, Jesus says, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. <laughs> See the Father and the Son working on your behalf and the Holy Spirit is so interceding for you. you got a trifactor. It's a hard trick. <laughs> says, I will do, Jesus said, I will do whatever he asks in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So you come and pray and ask God, and God will do it in his way, in his time, for your glory and for your good. The answer is going to be good. What would have happened if Zachariah and Elizabeth's prayer was answered when it did? God said, listen, this if you had just given birth to a little boy or a little girl, that would be the end of the story. Nobody will even know you when you are dead and gone. Your name will be in the actuary on the death certificate. It says born and it will be rusting right now. But we've heard your prayer and we've chosen something big to come to you at the right time. When Jesus is about to come 15 months before that, Elizabeth will be pregnant. And you're going to have a son called John. And that John will be the forerunner. John the Baptist. Oh, you and your wife and your son's name will remain forever and ever and ever and ever. Let God answer your prayer in his way, in his time, for his glory. And it will be good to you. Do not be afraid. Why? Because God still answers prayers. Amen. <laughs> Oh, let me give you a second time. We see that do not be afraid account. So we see like Zacharias, God still answers prayer. The second time we see do not be afraid statement. It was in fulfillment of a, a prophecy, a promise that was given 700 years ago. One time it was 400 years, right? The heavens were shut. Now, 700 years when the prophecy was given by Isaiah. He says, a virgin will give birth to a son. His name shall be called. And we pray that prayer. Right? Emmanuel, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. So the angel Gabriel comes in, sent to Mary. He says, Mary, 
I, I have a wonderful promise that Isaiah spoke 700 years ago and it's going to be fulfilled. You've heard that in Sunday school, Mary, right? He says, I've heard that, that story, but guess what? It's going to be fulfilled through you. <laughs> and that promise is the second principle for you and I. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Why should you not be afraid? God still keeps his promises. One more time. God still keeps his promises. Number one, don't be afraid because God still answers prayers. Number two, don't be afraid. God still keeps his promises. In Matthew chapter 1, we see a prophecy and its fulfillment. <laughs> In one passage, Matthew tells us the prophecy spoken 700 years ago through the prophet Isaiah. And he tells us that it is fulfilled. Look at it. Matthew 1, 21 to 23. Look at this. This is a prophecy and its fulfillment. Uh, this passage of scripture spans 700 years. Read that together. It says, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Here's the prophecy. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord said through the prophet. And he quotes Isaiah 7:14. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Even the angel is quoting the scripture. He says, This has come to fulfillment. Oh, it has come 700 years of prophecy spoken through the prophet Isaiah, who is dead and gone in heaven. It has come to pass, and it's happening with you, Mary. God still keeps his promises. He's the promise keeper, promise keeping God. And so this Christmas season, God has sent me to remind you, do not be afraid because God always keeps his promises. His word is sure. God cannot lie. What he said, it shall come to pass. Tell somebody, God cannot lie. What he said, it shall come to pass. One more time, God cannot lie. What he said about my life, it shall come to pass. What God has said about your life, it shall come to pass. Speak it to somebody what God has spoken about your life it shall come to pass it shall come to pass glory to almighty God oh numbers 23 19 says oh God is not like people he tells no lies he's not like humans he doesn't change his mind. When he says something, he does it. When he makes a promise, he keeps it. Let's read the last part. When God makes a promise, he keeps it. One more time. When God makes a promise, he keeps it. He's the promise-keeping God. And so why should you not, you not never be afraid in your fear? will come on, but trusting God will diminish your fear. When fear knocks on your door, fear, fear clutches on your heart. Remember, God still answers prayer. Number two, God still, still keeps his promise. <sighs> See, but Pastor Mike, you don't understand. You, you, you know, 
I have a problem trusting God. I can't even trust myself. I can't trust my husband, my wife, my kids. I can't trust my neighbors. I can't trust the military. I can't trust the government. I can't trust my boss. I can't trust people. So many people have let me down. They cheated on me. They turned their back on me. You see, God is not what like humans. God is not like humans. God is not like your friend. He's not like your neighbor. He's not like your mom, your dad, your uncle, your friend, your ex-boyfriend, your ex-girlfriend. He says, God is not like humans. One more time. God is not like humans. You see, as human beings, we are a product of our environments, a product of our external experiences. And so we project our experiences. It's like this. We say, it's like this. I've seen this before. I've been to when I was a little girl. This is what happened. Last year, this is what somebody said about me. And we harbor all that pain, all that hurt in our heart. And what we do is that we translate it to God. And God says, says hey, hey, God is not like humans. He doesn't change his mind. When he says something, he does it. When he makes a promise, he's going to fulfill it. And the Christmas message is this. Don't be afraid for God still keeps his promises. He still keeps his promises. For 700 years when he says the Lord will give you a sign. A virgin will give birth. He brought it to pass. See Paul echo in this faithfulness of God. Paul echo in this eternal goodness of God, this consistency of God, this same God, same God, the same yesterday and forever tells us, he says, I'm second Timothy 2 13, he says, if we are faithless, God remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. And so when you come around and your little puny mind, your little puny mind tells you, I've seen this before. He says, you haven't seen nothing yet. God is not like your friend, your neighbor. And so don't project your, your understanding. Don't project your experience in life to who God is. People are faithless. People all glory to God. There will be situations in your life that will not tarry forever. Nothing is permanent. Nothing is consistent in life. We live in a changing world, but God is changeless. God is what? Changeless. And so if we are faithless, God remains faithful. He, oh, I like the word, circle the word remains. Circle the word remains. He remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Did you know that in the Bible, in the Bible, there are 318 prophecies about the coming of Christ in Bethlehem. And every single prophecy has been proven and fulfilled in the exact details. Exactly. 18 God spoke every single one of those that Jesus will come in Bethlehem speaking about all his experiences, what he's going to do. Every one of them has been from 318. God still keeps his promises. Charles Spurgeon once said, God never gives his children a promise he doesn't intend for them to use. And so, what should you do? Take a hold of God's promise and live by God's promises. Be a promise believing child of God. Promise trusting child of God. 
Walk by faith in God's word and not by sight. What God has said, even though it's not in the reality, live your life. Go, my Lord. Let it enter your heart and your mind. Base your perception and your outlook on life based on what God has said because his promises are never, oh, my Lord, nay, but they are what? Yeah and amen. Let me encourage you when you read your Bible on the line verses that are interesting. Yeah, some verses that will speak to your present day situation. Some verses are for your future day situation and you underline them and highlight them. See, I use the U version on my app. I encourage all of you to get that. Go on your app store, U version, Bible app. Get that Bible app when you read your Bible. There are so many daily reading plans on that. When you read your Bible, God is speaking to you. And there are some verses that will speak to your current situation. You can highlight it right there. Just highlight it. It's a highlighter portion. Highlight it. And when you highlight it, it goes into a bookmark right there. You can find it. Because fear will come clutching in your heart. When fear comes clutching in your heart, what will diminish the fear is what? God's promise. The word of God is your, is your medicine. Medicine for pain, medicine for war, medicine for fear. What did Jesus use when the devil came and tempted him? He could have just said, what? I mean, you want me to fall down and the angels will, I will do it right now. Watch me do it. He could have just done that. You say you're going to give me all these kingdoms. Watch me. Foom. Look at me in all my royalty, in all my majesty. He could have done that right now. But he defeated the devil with the word of God. It is written, it is written, it is written from the book of, De book of Deuteronomy. And God's word is your antidote, your medicine. It's your pain medicine. It's your, when you can't sleep at night, when you're worried, you're fearful, when you're stressed, when you're frustrated, when you're mad, when you're angry, when you run into a jam in your life, glory to Almighty God. Hold on to the promise of God because God still keeps his promises. Look at what the psalmist tells us. In Psalm 27, verse 1 to 10, read that with him. It says, the Lord is my light and salvation, so why should I be afraid? You see how, how you are applying God's word? Here's God's promise. God says, I will be your light and your salvation. Here's how you are. Then apply that. Therefore, I'm not going to be afraid. What God has said is for me. God has said applies to my marriage, my finances, my health. It's not just some abstract word that I can just quote it. I can listen to it from one year and go to the... No, 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 no. It's not just to make my head big, but it's in to make my heart warm when my heart is cold. The Lord is my light and my salvation. So you speak to your heart. You speak to your mind. You don't let fear stay in your heart and you hug onto it like a wet blanket. Like one day a lady told me, he says, Pastor Mike, I feel like there's a wet blanket over me and I can't take it off. I have all these problems, these people, these challenges. I'm just, I'm just holding on. I said, why are you holding on to that, that wet blanket? Remember what Jesus told when Lazarus came out of the grave? He says, take off the grave clothes. Take off the grave clothes. Kick off your past. Let it go. Let it go. Glory to God. The Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? Hear this. The Lord is my fortress. What God, God, your fortress, your pillar. What does it mean? He is protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? Circle what tremble. You see fear right there. You see the word afraid and, and tremble. See those two words. Even if my father and my mother abandoned me, the Lord will hold me close. 
the Lord will, the Lord will. He's my light and my salvation. I will not be afraid. He's my fortress protecting me. I will not tremble. I will not crack. I will not be frustrated. I will not be upset. I will not worry. Glory to God. You hold on to the promise of God. You hold, oh my Lord. He says, even if everything goes away, even if, listen, the, oh my goodness, he, he takes a worst case scenario and he applies that to God's word. He says, even if, I'm an orphan, even if, even if I'm rejected, even if all the people who ought to love me just turn their back on me, it won't even matter because the Lord is close to me. He's a promise keeper. He's a promise keeper. Oh, am I speaking to somebody on this Christmas day? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. <coughs> Fear will cause you to miss your portion. Fear will cause you to push people back when God has sent them in your life to display God's love for you. Display, you will push them off because you are afraid. Fear will cause you to say no to open doors that God has given to you. Fear will cause you to run away from your breakthrough when that problem in of itself is a catalyst for your growth and development. So the Christmas message is fear not because number one, God still answers prayer. Do not be afraid, number two, because what God still keeps his promises. The third message it is this. Do not be afraid, why? Because God still has a purpose for my life. Oh, somebody declare that God still has a purpose for my life. So finally, we come to the Christmas day. Uh, over 2,000 years and the announcement of Jesus' birth to the shepherds. This is so important, so please listen carefully with your heart. Look at Luke 2, verse 8 to 12. It says, There were shepherds who were living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. The angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, What? Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people today in the town of David. A Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Now, this account of the shepherds, we are reminded that God still has a purpose. And what is his purpose? What is his purpose? Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Messiah, Christ the Lord. It says this good news will bring joy for all the people. Friend, if you take the time to receive the gospel message that the angel is telling you, it will take the fear out of your heart. Good news for all the people. The Messiah has been born. A Savior has been born. Now, what's the, the gospel? What's the good news? What does this Messiah came to do? Three things. I call them three Ps. Pardon, purpose, paradise. Say that with me. Pardon, purpose, paradise. Write that down. Pardon, purpose, paradise. Pardon, purpose, paradise. All your sins, past, present, future, has been forgiven. He, his name shall be called Emmanuel, for he will save his people from their sins. 
Now, you know, sin causes you to be fearful, right? I mean, you know people who are just living, looking over their shoulders? Because of something that they did or something that others did. Sin brings fear. Personal sin, generational sin, national sin, sins of others. What is sin? Sin is anything that is not of God. And so when people are afraid, there is sin in the picture. God said, you never have to worry about that because what? He came to forgive sin. He, oh my goodness gracious. He came to wash, wash all oh, your sin, generational sin, the sins of the forefathers, curses that came from former generation that are in your bloodline. He came to you and set you free. That ought to cause you to have joy. He says it will bring great joy to all people because the past has been forgiven and forgotten. <laughs> now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. I've come to bring good news. Today, a Savior has been born. Pardon? Purpose. That today and for the rest of your life, God is smiling at you. Your life is being directed by God's good plans for your life. You are in the right track on God. And God hasn't forsaken you. He hasn't forgotten about you. He's interested in your life. And He is connected. He is deliberately acting on your behalf to bring to pass the purpose for which He created you. You are under God's plan. That is the salvation plan. Pardon and purpose, and when your time here is over, there is paradise waiting in heaven for you. Why should you then be afraid today in the town? Oh, oh, oh my Lord of David, a savior has been born. He says, I bring you good news that will cause great joy. Somebody, great joy, glory, joy, and fear cannot reside in the same heart. And that joy comes because a savior. Oh my Lord. Somebody, somebody. Circle the word great joy. Circle the word savior. And then connect that. Connect that. Connect great joy and savior. Connect great joy and savior. Do that right now. Circle great joy and connect the word savior. When you receive the salvation message that the savior has brought. That came to give you pardon purpose and paradise oh your fear has diminished and the joy of the lord is your portion the joy of the lord is with you but when you receive the message of the good news the message of the gospel trust in jesus to forgive all your sins to take away all your guilt trusting in jesus where you don't have any remorse you don't have any regret your power to live. You have courage to face anything that is in front of you. When you say, I'm trusting in Jesus to forgive me. I'm trusting in Jesus to bring to pass his purposes for my life. And I'm trusting in Jesus that when I leave this world on the day that I die, I'll be absent from the body, but I'll be what? Present with the Lord. Wouldn't that give you joy in life? To diminish every fear you have. Well, Lois took weeks and he struggled to put music to the poem and he complained and he says, the words are not inspiring. They are not encouraging. Christmas ought to be just a beautiful uh, service with, with radiance. And so he was running out of time. And finally, on the night before Christmas program, 
He woke up with the music ringing in his soul. He said the Lord had given him a tune for that. He got up on his piano and put melody to those words. And in the morning, very early in the morning before the service started, he put together a group of 36 children to sing the song, Oh, Little Town of Bethlehem, for the very first time in eight simple stanzas. Look at that on your screen. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. Yet in thy dark street shineth the everlasting light. Note this, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight and everything i've been trying to tell you so far is wrapped up in this stanza the hopes and fears of all the years your hopes your fears your challenges your worries your frustration everything that is knowing at your heart what is tomorrow going to look like what is 2024 going to look like what is going to happen when my child what is going to happen when i'm not here what's going to happen when i grow old is every hope and fear they are all they are all met in christ jesus he is the answer to your fears he is the solution to your wars he still answers prayer he is still in the business of keeping his promises God still has a purpose for your life. And yes, what he tells you and I. He says, there is no fear in love. 1 John 4, 18. He says, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. But the one who fears is not made perfect in love. The perfect love of Jesus, it, it couches your heart. It controls your fear. Glory to God. Fear and love cannot reside in the same heart. When you embrace the perfect love of God, no matter what happens, you are covered by God. What shall separate us from the love of Christ? Paul said, neither death, nor famine, nor hardship, nor danger, nor nakedness. We are more than conquerors to Christ that strengthens us. Perfect love of God conquers all your fear. You are not alone. You are, you are, you are beloved by God. You are beloved by God. Do not be afraid. He answers prayers. He keeps his promises. He still has a purpose. And he says, when you live here today for the rest of your life, remember this, that God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. If you are afraid and your mind tells you, so what am I supposed to do when they say these things? What am I supposed to do when they're threatening me? What am I supposed to do? He says, it's not from God. Uh, the spirit of fear is, what, is what, from the devil. When fear clutches your heart, the response you have is to trust in God. God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but has given us what? power and of love he's given us his power to overcome fear he's given us his love for perfect love takes oh my goodness 